Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. the Lord, I saw this in my spirit. I saw the Father get up off the throne, and I saw him lifting his hands over us. I mean this. And then I realized, I realized that right now we're in the month of Elul. Now, while we were praising, you know, that's why it's so important. Even if you're going through something, especially when you're going through something, You need to lift up your hands and you need to give him praise saying, I believe greater is you that's in him, in me than anything that's coming against me because our God inhabits the praises of his people. And as we were worshiping and I was looking out at you and you're lifting up your hands, I saw in my spirit, the father get up off his throne and lift his hands over us. And God said, I'm going to do miracles for you right now. And and listen, I wouldn't say that if God wasn't speaking to me. And when I saw this, I realized we're in the month of Elul, the blowing of the shofar. And the month of Elul, ancient Jewish wisdom said, God gets off the throne and he comes to you in the field. And what he's saying is during this time, he comes to you and he says, what do you need me to do for you? What do you need me to do for you? Now listen to me. God wants you to receive a miracle at this very moment. And I'm not saying that lightly. You know, how many know the Bible says we're to study, to approve ourselves worthy. Now listen to this. What's the rest of it? Rightly dividing the word of God. Why does that mean that? Why does it say that? Rightly dividing. Because when the the Bible was originally written, there were no paragraphs, there were no sentences, there were no periods. It was just all one continual writing. But we go in there and we look at that word of God. And as we mature, we rightly divide what the word of God says. It's a living word. When we're young in the Lord, we drink the milk. But we can look at that same scripture and as we get older in the Lord, God will continue because it's a living word. Give us deeper and deeper and deeper revelation. You know, ancient Jewish wisdom says that God is no respecter of persons, right? Whenever you see or hear of a miracle in somebody else's life, what does that mean? It means you're next, right? The scripture says, and I've heard it preached so many times the wrong way. The scripture says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, and our scripture says, comma, God will raise up a standard against it. But if you read it in a deeper way, when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, I will raise up a standard. Now, why is that different? Because, you know, I, I grew up in, in Missouri, 
and we lived on the Mississippi River. And there were times when the Mississippi River would flood and everybody would volunteer and we'd put sandbags down there and we'd try, but you could never stop the flood. No, no matter what man did, you couldn't stop the flood. They built flood walls, couldn't stop the flood. So read it this way. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, I'm going to raise up a standard of God. Amen? No matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like, my God is no respecter of persons. You know, three months ago, Tiz was diagnosed again with cancer. And at that time, they basically said, there's nothing more we can do. We can try it, but there's nothing more. And right at the last minute, a new treatment came in. And I told you, after her first treatment, her tumor count dropped 75%. One treatment. Well, she just had her second blood work, and it's dropped now another 75%, which means she is that close to normal. Now, you need to keep praying for her because she can't eat, she can't, she can't eat, she's getting, who ever thought a woman would pray, make me heavier? So she's getting real skinny and she's watching right now, so pray for her that she can eat and she's got no appetite. But think about it. Three months ago, there's, no, there's nothing out there. And in just a few weeks, she's down to almost normal to God be the glory. And when you see or hear of a miracle in somebody else's life, it means you're next. Amen? So let's read this together. Let's put up the declaration. And I want you to pray this out loud. Say it with me. Read it with me. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare that I will live how it says I should live. I will say what it says I should say. I will be what it says I should be. And I will have what it says I should have. This is the day the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family forgiveness. I will stand and pray for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. I will stand and pray for all nations. I declare that we are one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you believe that before you see it, give five people a high five and tell them our best is yet to come. Amen. I, okay, all right. Now, today I'm going to continue on with make America godly again. But before we do that, and I'm going to have you open your Bibles to the book of Numbers. Before we do that, I want to show you a video. Pastor Wanderson and our team went down to feed uh, our veterans. Watch this video and let God move on your heart. Jackson. I'm a Vietnam vet. I served in the Army, Special Forces, 
Um, and on behalf of all the brothers and sisters who are part of the largest fraternal and society sorority organization in the world, I want to thank New Beginners for coming and sharing with us their time, their food, uh, and their services. Thank you for your services, New Beginners. God bless you. And we would like to present you with a certificate that reads the Veterans Resource Center, uh, Homeless Veterans Services present. This certificate is awarded to New Beginnings Church, LHM, in appreciation and gratitude for your support of our nation's veterans, August 25th, 2023, uh, Ken Watterson, President, VRC, uh, signed 8-25-2023. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. And would you like to uh, yes. uh, just say grace or say anything? Amen. Well, I just want to say thank you on behalf of our pastors, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz. I want to say this. If it wasn't for God first and for all of you here, we wouldn't be here. The freedom that we have is because of each one of you. And we honor you guys. We're so thankful to be a part of what God is doing. Thank you, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tiz. And you'll be in his family, LHG Ministries. It's because of you. Amen. All right. Give our veterans a big hand. Amen. You know, we're going to talk about making America godly again. And I apologize that the sound didn't come on right away uh, because that gentleman, that African-American gentleman, was uh, a homeless man. He was a vet. He was homeless. He was hungry. He needed a bath and a shower, and yet he articulated so well. And Watterson was telling me that some of these guys were airplane pilots. Some of the guys and girls were airplane pilots, were uh, all kinds of... Uh, 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 amazing people, and yet, as American vets, they're homeless. Now, we're talking about making America godly again. Somebody explain to me who in the world put these people in the White House. That in New York City, they're spending $20 million a month on illegals. In Texas, we are building 250,000 housing units for families of illegals. So we're spending just in New York, 20 million a month. Here in Texas, 250 homes for illegal families, and yet we have veterans that fought and sacrificed for our nation, and we're not taking care of them and giving them a home and feeding them. Something is wrong. And we need to make America one nation under God again and listen to God's words. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, we're in the month of Elul, and you need to understand something. Jesus says over and over again, those who have eyes to see, let them see. And those who have ears to hear, let them hear. The month of Elul is the time of blowing of the shofar, blowing the trumpet. And the reason for blowing the trumpet is to say, wake up. Now, we don't have time to read it today, but in the, month, in, the, in the book of Joel, Joel is only three chapters. And the first two and a half chapters are talking about God's judgment on a backslidden nation. Now, I'm going to declare to you that America is backslid. We have on our money one nation under God, but in reality, our nation has fallen far, far, far away from the teachings and the things of God. So in the book of Joel, it is a warning. And remember, our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And it's a warning saying to a nation, if you don't turn from your backsliding, then I will come and I will allow the enemy to come in and bring judgment upon this nation. Now, we don't have time to read it all, but in Joel chapter 2, verse 1, God says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is at hand. If we look at Bible prophecy and we look at exactly what the Word of God says before the coming of the Messiah, before Jesus' return, folks, we are moments away. We're not five minutes to midnight. We are seconds away from midnight. I believe in all my heart that I will see the coming of the Lord. I will see the coming of the Messiah in my age. And so God is saying here, blow the trumpet in Zion. Now, that's what the book of, or the month of Elul is all about. It's, a, it's saying that the high priest would get on the cornerstone of the temple and he would blow the trumpet and he would awaken the people to say, my day is only moments away. When we look at America, are we a nation that is backslidden? And I just wrote down a few things. Benjamin Franklin said of America, God, God's new Israel is America. He's not talking about replacement theology. He's talking about the miracle of the creation of our nation. Benjamin Franklin said, our great seal of America should be Moses with his rod uplifted and the Egyptians' armies drowning in the sea. Now, I believe that, but you, we need to remember that when Moses went before Pharaoh and said, let my people go, every Jew and every Gentile had to choose which side they were on. Those that were on God's side saw the miracle of God. Those who weren't on God's side saw the judgment of God. Now, I know it's not popular nowadays in, in church to talk about God's judgment. And stay with me because at the end of this, teaching today ends up in victory, but it only ends up for victory who are having eyes to see, having ears to hear, and hearing the blowing of the shofar. And God is saying, wake up. You know, the reality of it is, is that are we serving God with all of our heart, with all of our might? George Washington said, the high morals and sincere religion has got to be the found fundamental building blocks of the American society. Now, let me say that again. George Washington, the father of our, of our nation, he said, high morals and sincere religion has to be the fundamental building blocks of American society. How are our morals in America today? What are the morals like in America today? What is the government pushing as far as morals go. Now, I want you to hear this. Next week, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach something that I would say 99.999% of you have never heard. What does God think of our children? Next week, we're going to lay hands on all of our children from teenagers to kindergarten. And if there's any teachers, we want to lay hands on them 
But what does God think about what we teach our children? It's going to blow your mind how important this is. George Washington said in his first inaugural address, he's on April 30th, 1789, quote, the foundations of our national policy will be laid in the pure principles of morality. At the end of his presidential oath, George Washington added words himself, so help me God. Our nation was founded on biblical principles. Our nation was founded. Many of the teachers said that the Old Testament was taught in school more than arithmetic, more than history. It was the foundation of our nation. Thomas Jefferson said these words, can the liberties of a nation be uh, thought secure when we have removed the only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties that we have are truly a gift from God. James Madison said concerning the Ten Commandments, we have stacked the whole future of America and its civilization on the Ten Commandments. One author said, nowhere else in Christendom was the Old Testament read so much and the notion of God and the lawgiver so widespread. Our nation was built on the Ten Commandments, our laws, our government. Why did God give our nation victories at the very beginning of the time? Remember when uh, uh, America started, the pilgrims were pioneers with squirrel guns. The largest, most powerful military in the world was the English army and the English navy, and yet God gave us victory. Why? Because we decided we are not going to let government rule how we believe and how we worship God in this nation. This is one nation under God, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can I have an amen? Amen. So when we read these things and we understand what God says about this nation, I think we need to take it serious when we understand that we're in the month of Elul. This is the blowing of the shofar, and God is saying, wake up. It's time to return to the firm principles of the Word of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 10. And I want to read something that will launch us into understanding where God is taking us today. Numbers chapter 10, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Moses, Numbers. (laughs) Numbers chapter 10, verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, Then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemy. Now look at what that says. Look how powerful that is. When you go to war in your land against the enemy. Listen, when we have schools trying to teach our children, you know, my my grandson, Lion, just started kindergarten. I mean, he's a baby. He's starting kindergarten. Can you imagine allowing a teacher to go in there and, and confuse him whether he's male or female? Who does that kind of thing? The devil. The enemy does that. When you have 
when you have some big burly man get into women's weightlifting and smash the women's weightlifting, who lets some man naked in the women's locker room? I guarantee you, and I know they're listening, and I know they're watching, and people always say, Pastor, you better be careful. I'm going to guarantee you, no man is going in our woman's bathroom. You be a man and try to go into our women's bathroom, I will personally give you a whole new revelation of the laying on of hands. Even if you're not a Christian, any woman would say, what in the world are you doing to our rights? Even if you're not a Christian, you're a father or a mother or any normal sensible adult, you're going to let some naked guy walk around naked in the locker room with your daughter? I don't think so. Folks, we got to understand, this is not a social issue. This is a spiritual issue, and we are at war, and God said, when you go to war against your enemy, listen, you want to wear a dress? Wear a dress. You want to say you're a woman, say you're a woman. But you ain't coming into our women's dressing room, and you're not coming into our women's toilet, and you're not going to teach our children to question whether or not they're male or female. I knew exactly whether my kids were male or female the moment they came out of mama's womb. A teacher's job is to educate, not in in, in that word. I'm so mad my tongue's getting in front of my eye tooth and I can't see what I'm saying. If this doesn't upset you, you you need to get back on your knees. When you, when you go to war in your land, that land is your city, your state, your country, your family. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who hasn't come to give you life and life more abundant. He's come to oppress you. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Then you shall sound the alarm. That's the wonderful thing about the love of God. He doesn't want us to miss out. We're in a a window right now during the month of Elul where God is getting ready to do amazing things or bring judgment. This next year is either going to be, you're going to go, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you gave us a pastor that's so tall and good looking and preaches the word of God. I didn't get any amens from this side, so I'm talking to you all over here. Because the enemy's coming to oppress you. And listen to me, if you don't stand on the right side, you're going to be on the side of judgment. But if you stand on the right side and you go, you know what? I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to be a a child of God. Then you're going to see the blessing of God. Look what it says. Blow the, sound the alarm with the trumpets. That's the shofar. James, where's James? James, where's James? James, stand up. You got it? Blow that. James the best trumpet blower. Now, 
I don't know what my neighbors think, but I get up every morning and blow the trumpet. I get up, I go out every night before, right at sunset, and I blow the trumpet, I blow the shofar, and it doesn't matter whether they understand or not. I understand that when I blow that, God is sounding the alarm, and God is saying to the enemy, you can't touch this home, you can't touch this family, you may, you may bring rain, the, you know, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But when we're under the umbrella of God, the rain brings a harvest. When you're not under the umbrella of God, the rain washes the blessing away. I declare all of us, it's not a coincidence that you're in this church, you're under this ministry, you're watching around the world. Because when we blow the trumpet, we are declaring greater is he that's in us than anything that can come against us. Look what it says the trumpet, you will be remembered. Listen to this. When you say, you know what? I, I need to wake up. I need to start serving God. I need to get serious about serving God. I need to keep serving God. God doesn't say, I hope you'll be remembered. It, it, it's a good chance you'll be remembered. He said, when you hear this and you say in your spirit, you know what? I need to get serious about standing up for the kingdom of God, for the word of God, the Bible of God, the, the, the name of Jesus. God said, when you do this, no matter what the enemy's doing, you, you, you will be remembered. Now, I'm going to say this. I believe in all my heart this is one of the reasons why God keeps bringing Tiz this miracle victory. God's bringing Donnie miracle victory because we're not on one foot on, on the world and one foot in heaven. We're saying, no, we're on heaven's side. We don't, we don't hate you, but we are standing up for morals and righteousness and the word of God, and it doesn't matter what they say. All that matters is what the word of God says. Look what it says. You will be remembered before your Lord, your God, and you will be saved from your enemy. Yeah. Folks, listen, I read the in the book. We win. So how, how many of you, you know, um, when, when the, when the, when the, uh, when the grand sugars, the twins were little guys, they were playing uh, soccer. And at the end of soccer, the season, remember, Brandon, it didn't matter who won. It didn't matter who lost. Everybody got a trophy. Well, I'm sorry. That's not the way life works. You know, when we stand before God, God's not going to say, well, you know what? You weren't serving me. And, well, you know, you were lukewarm. But, you know, here's your, no, I'm sorry. It ain't happening that way. Only those who are serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords get that trophy. And this next year is either going to be really great or it's going to be really miserable. And it's up to us. Look at what he says. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. Because your enemy is out there. Now, the enemy's not being subtle anymore. I just want to show you a few things that is being propagated by our society, our government right now. Abortion. Transgender issue critical race theory, Antifa, defund the police. You know, we had Lieutenant Colonel uh, uh, West here on Wednesday, and he told me, I said, you, you, you got to be joking. He said, 
that there is such, I saw a sign coming in for, I think, Colleyville on, on on the billboard coming in asking for police officers because we're attacking those who are, you know, if somebody's robbing your house, are you calling Antifa? If somebody's putting a gun on you, are you calling um, the transgender society? No, you're calling the police. We need not to defund our police. We need to defend our police so they can be better trained and and do things the, the right way, right? So I, uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel West told us that, is it Illinois? Illinois governor is wanting to hire illegal immigrants for police officers because they can't get citizens to be police officers. All right, now let's just stop and think about that for a moment. People who are here by breaking the law, the governor of Illinois wants to hire them to keep the law. Now, you know, I may not be a rocket scientist, but can I say you in, tell you in Hebrew? Duh. <laughs> How crazy is our society? Folks, we're at war here. And you can't win staying neutral. So we've got abortion, transgender, critical race theory, Antiva, defund the, pol- defund the police, open borders. I already talked about our homeless vets but we're giving 20 million in New York to illegals. We're building 250,000 homing units. Shouldn't we, be, if we're gonna build home units, shouldn't we build it first for the vets? Yeah. If we're gonna spend 20 million, shouldn't we spend 20 million on people who are in poverty that got to this nation legally, that went through the process, that came in, so that the, and they're working jobs, and they're voting, and they're taking care of their kids, shouldn't we put that money towards those people? Inflation, Tiz told me that a gallon of milk is almost $10. Gasoline, eggs, and yet our nation is selling farmland to foreign nations? Turn with me. Go with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 24. How much time do I have? An hour and a half. All right. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Look at verse 2. Do you have it? Say amen. amen. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Now, look at me. I've heard a lot of people quote this and they say the end of the world. It doesn't say the end of the world. It says the end of the age. If I could put it this way, the end of the world we know it as. The end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, 
I am the Christ and will deceive many. Now, let me just, let me just go down the side street real quick. I always heard that this was a, a sign of false prophets in the end that, that would come and say, they're the Christ. That there'll be people in the pulpit saying, they're the Christ. But that's not what it's saying. He's talking about pastors in the pulpit that are saying, oh, no, Jesus is the Christ. But they're not preaching the word of God, and they're deceiving people. I had one pastor that I know had been a friend for years, and he, he said, come on, this is the year 2000 and something. This is a few years ago. It's different now. God looks at homosexuality, and God looks at same-sex marriage different. I'm sorry. You may say that, but God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm not against, I battle not with flesh and blood, but we've got to understand that the frog in the pan is getting the heat turned up, and we're getting more and more used to this kind of thing. But you've got to understand, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end of that is destruction. We have have an obligation as children of God to say, listen, it doesn't matter where you're from. There's none righteous, no, not one. But God has a better way, and his way is above any way that we can come up with. Somebody ought to say amen. Many will come and say, I'm the Christ, but will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Are, they are the birth pangs. We talked, I think, on Wednesday. Or we can't, I can't remember what. But uh, all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're talking about um, um, the COVID rules again. And you have to wear a mask and you have to get a booster shot. And eventually um, you, at the airports, you won't be able to get on an airplane if you don't have a COVID booster card. And then after that, you won't be able to go in the Safeway if you don't have a COVID booster shot. And now they're talking about get ready because the bird flu is coming. I have a joke, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> if I was in the back, I'd say it. <laughs> you know, I, I have to remember, what I say now is not just in the room. It's all over the world. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> if we were in a men's meeting, I would do it. But you got to understand, all these things are preparation, folks. I believe, you know, I've always been anti-conspiracy theory, and everybody's, you know, oh, the world's really not round, it's flat, and we didn't really land on the moon, it was in a sound, you know, and I'm going, come on, people, get a life. But folks, you look at these things, and all of a sudden, three months after the World Health Organization which is a branch of the United Nations that hates us. They don't want one nation under God. They want all nations united under not one God, but one man. This is preparation for the Antichrist. It's preparation for the mark of the beast where you won't buy or sell unless you have government approval. It's preparation from one world religion where you can't get up and teach the word of God anymore. You say, well, that would never happen in Texas. Uh, uh, just a few years ago, Ago, they were trying to pass in Austin where pastors had to send to the government 
two weeks in advance their sermon so they could look to see what we're preaching and determine whether we could preach it. Listen to me. I may be a pastor, but being a pastor has not taken my freedom of speech. I have the right to say whatever I want to say as a pastor, as an American, and as a Christian, and as a shepherd. I have an obligation not to say what I think, but I have an obligation before Almighty God and before you. Be ye not many teachers, for greater is your condemnation. I have an obligation to teach you what the Word of God says. Amen? Look what it says. But the end is not yet. The end is not yet. You know, if you look at Psalms 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, let me say this real quick because I really want to hit this. Because most of you have never heard this. When the Bible says that the feast of the Lord are a shadow of things to come, and I've said this, but I'm going to say it real quick. If you don't understand it, you can ask us later. Passover was a shadow until Jesus became the Passover lamb. Then it's the real thing. Pentecost, Shavuot, was a shadow until the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were in one mind and one accord of the temple, and the Holy Spirit fell. Shadow, real thing. Shadow, real thing. All the feasts. All the feasts are a shadow of what's eventually going to be eternal. Okay? So on blowing the shofar, the month of Elul, is a shadow of the birth pangs. Now, after the birth pangs comes the birthing. This is in like 17 days, Rosh Hashanah. Now you have the blowing of the shofar, you have Rosh Hashanah, which I believe is a shadow of the rapture. Seven days later, you have the, in, in eternity, you have the rapture, then you have seven years of tribulation. After Rosh Hashanah, seven days later, you have Yom Kippur. After Yom Kippur, you have uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, the Wedding Supper of the Lamb. I believe that a thousand percent. Now, the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour in which the Lord will come. So you say, well, Pastor, we can't know that it's on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What you've got to understand is Rosh Hashanah is not one day but two days. So we don't know if the rapture will take place on the first day or the second day, but we do know that the rapture will take place. When the rapture takes place, you and I will stand before God and he will open the book and he will determine your blessing for eternity. Now, if it doesn't take place, then he will still, in 17 days, are you listening to me? In 17 days, he will bring the shadow. It's the real thing. The shadow of my hand. Can I get it? How, is a, can you see my shadow? It's The shadow uh, is, is really me. The shadow is me. Now, now, the shadow's coming, the shadow's coming, the shadow's coming, and eventually I'm there. That's the same thing with the rapture, with Rosh Hashanah, the second coming, Yom Kippur, the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's the real thing. It's the exact, what happened on Passover happened exactly when Jesus became the Passover Lamb, only it went from yearly to eternity. The same thing is going to happen in 17 or so days. God is going to open up the book on my life and your life, and he will determine. Now, if the rapture takes place, 
then when he opens the book, then that's, it's over. We're, our blessing is sealed or our blessing is lost. So he blows the trumpet 40 days. Bam, 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 bam. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Why? Not because he's trying to trap us. He's trying to bless us. So he wants to look and see, is your life right with God? Are you, are, is anybody you need to ask for forgiveness? Are you helping the widows and the orphans? Or are you helping feed people? And that thing will happen exactly the way it happens. When we think of a shadow, we think of something lesser. It's not lesser. The shadow means, in Hebrew, the protection of the Almighty. Now, let me read in Psalms 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the word Most High in Hebrew, as most of you know, is El Elyon. And where we first see the name of God, the Most High, the Most High God, is when Melchizedek comes and gives Abraham a, a miraculous victory. And so he's saying when the Most High comes, no matter how big your enemy is, I can bring you a miracle victory that is beyond human imagination. I look at Tiz, I look at Lion, I look at Nancy, I look at, with her, I look at some of these, and we look at these, and these are miracles. This is, this is where Melchizedek comes from. He is the high priest of the most high almighty God. But then he says, those who abide, those who abide in the, and the Hebrew word I'm trying to go through real quick is the ascended one. Who's the ascended one? Christ is the ascended one. You say, well, but pastor, um, God raised Lazarus from the dead. There's other people in the Bible that God raised from the dead. Yeah, he raised them from the dead, but they had to die again. Lazarus died again. All the other ones, the widow's son died again. But Jesus didn't die again because he ascended to be at the right hand of the Father. Now listen to this. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow, will live under the divine covering of Almighty God. I, I don't have time to get it. Maybe I'll get it into it in a couple of weeks. In Hebrew, the secret place is also translated a secret door. In other words, there is a way to enter in to the divine presence of God and live there where he continues to cover us. It, do you remember in, in, I think it's in Matthew, Matthew 13, where Jesus is talking about 30 60 and 100 fold. Isn't it Matthew, is it Matthew 13? Matthew 13. Some will be in 30, some will be 60, some will be 100 fold. All right, so we've got God's blessing here. I have, five, I have six minutes. We have God's blessing here. Okay, how many want 30% of the blessing or 60% of the blessing or 100% of the blessing? How many want 100%? Okay, now understand this. When the Messiah comes, we're going out with a shout. We're going out a glorious bride. But he says after that, 
He said, those who have eyes to see, let them see. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what God is saying. And what does the disciples say? He said, Lord, why do you talk to us in parables? And he says, because it's not for them to know the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom of God. It's not for them to know. It's for us to know the secrets to the blessings of God. The Hebrew word for shadow in Hebrew is the word batzael. When Moses decided, when God called Moses to build the Mishkan, to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, he called for, God said, okay, all these guys are very talented, they're very good, but I want you to call for two guys, and one of them was Batsael, which means the shadow of God. And the reason why he called for them is he tells us, because Batsael lives in the shadow of God, and I have given him supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge, supernatural giftings, supernatural talents. I have given him, the, him and one other guy, I have given these because his name is the shadow of the Almighty. I have given him these unbelievable gifts. In the last days, I know it looks bad. Do you still have your Bible open to Joel? I know it looks bad in the last days. In the last days, it looks like, oh my gosh, uh, are they going to steal an election? Or you know, I, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. You you look at you look at what's happening in in our schools. You look what's happening in our courts. You look what's happening in. I mean, who's ever heard of arresting an ex president? If they can arrest an ex-president who is a gazillionaire, what can they do to you and me? All they have to do is go down to, where did they just arrest, what was the last one, in Georgia? Because they have a Democratic judge. So you look at this and you go, how in the world do we even have a chance anymore? How in the world do we have it? Well, remember, the book of Joel is a book of saying to a backslidden nation, if you'll hear the blowing of the trumpet and you get, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from God. What does God say? He said, when the enemy's attacking you, I'm going to save you from the enemy. Right? So Joel looks bad, but you got to get to the end of Joel. And this is the God we serve. Look at Joel chapter 3, verse, just for the sake of time, verse 23. So God's talking about judgment, 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 backslidden nation, judgment, judgment, judgment. But then they repent from being backslidden, and they come back to serving God. Look at verse 23 of 3. It says, Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down on you. Say me. me. Say, now say it out loud. Say me. He's, I don't know about you, but I'm serving, me and my family are serving God, so he's going to bring the rain down on me. Is he bringing it down on you? Okay, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, remember, Elul is the last month. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is the first month. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting ready for judgment. I'm getting ready for blessing. Are you getting ready for blessing? The former rain and latter rain in the first month. 
The threshing floor shall be full of wheat. We're talking about prosperity. The yats, the vats, the yats, the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. That's a new anointing. So I will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. Look, you know, has, 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 I don't know about you, I have, I have uh, 20 acres of land, and I'm going out there since there's been no rain, and there are grasshoppers everywhere. There's, I, got no, I got no pasture left. I got to bring in feed for, for the animals. And the, and, the, and the grasshoppers are eating what's ever left. And look at what God says. He said, I will restore to you the years. Well, God can't give you the years back. It literally means the harvest that's been lost. I will give you that the swarming locusts have eaten. All right, the swarming locusts, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. In other words, God said, I don't care what the devil's been doing. That locust is being defeated, and everything you lost during COVID, everything you lost during all this is going on, everything we lost with the rays of economy, everything we've lost in our schools, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, God's going to bring that harvest of joy and blessing and prosperity back. All in begins in 17 days. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wonderfully with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servant and my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I'll show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke and the sun shall be turned into darkness the moon into blood before the coming the great terrible day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved somebody ought to shout amen let me show you something in closing stand with me that, that, uh, when I get you to stand you at least have false hope that I'm closing get out of your show farther bishop the Bible says you and I are to blow the trumpet in Zion. The Bible says let everything that has breath. Now remember the name of the Lord in the Bible 99% of the time is literally the word Yahweh. Yahweh has in Hebrew, there are no vowels. We put the vowels in there so we can kind of think of how to say it. But the Hebrew language only has consonants, so there's no vowels. So the word Yahweh, ancient Jewish wisdom says, is not really a name, it's a sound. The way you say the name of God in the orthodox way is without moving your tongue and without moving your lips. And you breathe in. Can you hear that? So every time you breathe, you are to be praising the Lord. When you, when you go to work and you breathe, you're to be praising the Lord. When you go to school and you breathe, you're to be praising the Lord. When you go into the voting booth and you decide who you're going to put in office 
over our lives and our children and our schools. Every time you breathe, I want you to hear the name of God. But, you know, the Bible says to blow the trumpet in Zion. Remember when God came to the prophet and he's hiding in the cave? And I think that's what a lot of Christians are doing. I think a lot of Christians are hiding back in the cave. Man, I don't want, I don't want uh, Jezebel or the false prophets of Baal to get me. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. So God comes to the great prophet and he says, what are you doing in there? What are you doing hiding? Come out. So he comes out and God brings fire on the mountains. And God brings an earthquake. God brings a storm. And God says, I'm in none of those. But I am in the still, small voice. In Hebrew, the still, small voice is the sound of the shofar. Every time you breathe, I want you to think about hearing the shofar. Now, if I was going to blow the shofar, the still, small voice of God, if I was going to blow the shofar, What's the first thing I have to do? <sighs> because you can't sound the alarm to your soul until you breathe in the breath of God. Let everything that has breath give him all the praise and all the glory. Amen. So, do you say, Pastor, should we really blow the shofar? I would. I would, just because God says to do it. But even if you don't have a shofar, every time you breathe, you're sounding the alarm. You're sounding the alarm to your own soul. I'm a child of God. I am the light of the world. As my Father sent my Lord, now he sends me. So when we think about blowing the shofar, 17 days from now, Every one of our lives will be open. And God will look and he says, is their name written? Is, is their name written? And the angel will say, yes, Lord, their name is written. And he said, what's their reward? Now, hope, actually, I'm hoping for the rapture. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the rapture took place in 17 days? Now, I might be wrong. You know, I, I, I might be wrong. It, the rapture may not take place on Rosh Hashanah. I don't know. It took place. The shadow took place on Passover. The shadow took place on Rosh Hashanah, seven days, Yom Kippur, Feast of Tabernacles. I think it does. I think it does. I think Jesus started his ministry during the 40 days. Because remember, after he was baptized, what did, what did John say? He said, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here comes Jesus. Jesus says, baptize me, John. He said, John said, no, you're, you're the king of kings. You got to baptize me. He said, baptize me so that everything can be fulfilled. And as soon as he was baptized, the power of God came on him. And what did he do for 40 days? He kicked the devil right in the teeth and took over the world. Let's be the light of the world. Amen. And every time we blow the shofar, every time we breathe, let that still small voice say, the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Folks, I really believe, I really believe, as bad as it looks out there, our best is yet.
to come. Amen. Lift your hands up. Let's pray this together. Let's say it all together. I don't need you to lift your hands or raise your hands. God knows your heart. But let's say this all together. Close your eyes. Lift your hand up. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. All right, now let's get ready for two weeks from now. Say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home. Get out of my family. Get out of my finances. Get out of my future. I declare in the name by his blood, I'm not going under. I'm going over. My best is yet to come. Devil, you are defeated. And victory is mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you believe victory is yours, give the Lord a shout of praise. Give him a shout of triumph. Now, let me say this again as we close. First of all, thank you for coming. You guys are such an awesome group to teach. We love you. We love all of you that are watching on stream. Next Sunday, next Sunday, I'm going to teach on what God thinks about our children. And so I want to lay hands on all your children, your grandchildren. Is, is anybody in our church a teacher, a school teacher? Do we have any teachers? Praise God. You special. Praise God. Praise God. If you know any teachers, bring them. If you, if you, if your family has children, bring them because I declare the devil doesn't get our kids. Our kids are not going under. Our kids are the future of the anointing. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you. Give the Lord a great big clap offering and love somebody before you leave. Amen.